And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, uh, turn to Proverbs 31. And while you're turning there, I want to tell you about a, uh, a mom who uh, one evening was busy fixing supper, and her little boy comes up to her and gave her a piece of paper. And she dries her hands, and, and she takes a piece of paper, and, and she reads what was on the paper. And the little boy wrote this, for cutting the grass, $5. For cleaning up my room this week, a dollar. That seems a little disproportionate, but that's all right. For going to the store, 50 cents. Babysitting my kid brother while you were shopping, a quarter. Taking out the garbage, a dollar. The list went on and on and on and on. And at the end of the list, it said, Mom, you owe me $14.75. Well, the mom looked at him standing there, and the boy could see all kinds of thoughts going through mom's brain at that particular time. And she picked up the pen and she turned over the paper and started writing on the back of it. And this is what she wrote. She said, for nine months, I carried you while you were growing inside of me. No charge. For all the nights I've sat up with you, doctored and prayed for you. No charge. For all the trying times and all the tears that you've caused through the years. No charge. For all the times I wiped your nose and your rear end, no charge. When I read this earlier, when I found it, this story, it, I, I cleaned that part up a little bit. Uh, for all the toys, the food, and the clothes, no charge. When you add it up, the cost of my love, son, is no charge. And the boy, when he got done reading that, he took the pen and paper from his mother and he wrote on there, paid in full, I sure do love you, Mom. I heard someone say the other day that one day a year is not enough for moms. Would you agree with me on, on that? Um, I saw this old Mother's Day card, and it, it looks like it might be from the 50s, and it says this. It says, life doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mom, and uh, life does come with a manual. It's called the Bible, but I'm thankful that I had a mother that believed that manual. I'm so thankful that I had a mom that instilled within me the Word of God. I, I'm telling you right now, I would not be standing up here in front of you today if it were not for a godly mother who instructed me on so many different things that that, uh, you know, taught me the things that I, I needed to do and the things that I shouldn't be doing. Moms are pretty special. I, I, had, a, uh, I had a pretty great one. Uh, I'm married to a pretty great one as well. Here's a picture of, of you can't see it really, really well, but uh, this is my mom and dad. I'm right there smack in the middle with the old part down the middle. Anybody remember the 80s part right down the middle? There was a word for that. I won't say it. Uh, and, and then uh, those are all my, my siblings. There were five of us, and we were a handful for my mom, and then you throw my dad into the mix of, of uh, what our kids was like, and my mom really had her, her hands full. I'm sure in heaven right now, her mansion is better than most, uh, I'm just going to say, and, and probably she should be referred to from here on out as St. Carol Ann of Brazil, because she was amazing, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm married to a, a great one as well. She's an amazing mom. She's killing it as a mammal as, as well. Here's a picture, uh, a little more recent picture of us, uh, and uh, 
And then the, 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 the smaller one there in the middle, she's a pretty awesome mom as well. The Lord has blessed me with a lot of great women around me, a lot of great mothers around me, and, and a lot of great mothers in this place. I know when my mom passed, a lot of you, and I've mentioned this before, a lot of you kind of stepped up and kind of helped fill that role as another mother uh, to me. So I know there's a lot of great women in this room, a lot of great mothers in this, this room. And I feel for you because it's hard to have that unconditional love and to pour out that grace sometimes and balance that with discipline, right? Like there, there's times you, you, you want to kill your kid, but it's against the law, so you can't. And, and so you, you want to discipline them, but you still want to you show the love of Jesus to, to, to your children. Um, so that balance between Grace and, and, and discipline is, is a very, very fine and difficult thing. Uh, makes me think of a story about a mother who ran into the bedroom. She heard her seven-year-old son screaming, and, and when she walked in, she found her two-year-old daughter had her hands just gripped on his hair and was yanking on the seven-year-old's hair, and the mother walks up and grabs the, the two-year-old's hand and just gently pries it loose from the boy's hair and says to the little boy says, listen, your little sister, she, you, you got to forgive her. She doesn't, she didn't mean it. She doesn't know that it hurts. And he acknowledged what mom was saying. She walked out of the room. Just a couple seconds later, she hears a scream from the little girl. And the mom walks back into the room, says, what happened? And the little boy said, now she knows. <laughs> when... <laughs> How many of you have similar stories like that, right? Like, I, like you moms, you've seen those things happen, and it's really, really hard. When God created women, I think, and, and I'm not just saying this to, to, so that I don't have to buy like a, an expensive Mother's Day gift or anything, but when, mom were create, when moms were created, when God created mom, he created miracle workers. You all can't do, uh, I, I mean, we, we can't do some of the things that, that you guys can, cannot do, right? You can handle several tasks at one time, right? You, you, you are great at multitasking, doing several things simultaneously. We men, we, we don't have that. Uh, women are, are precious uh, to God, and, and that's why we're starting this, this new s- series. I'm really excited to start this sermon series today that we're calling Women in the Bible because I feel like sometimes we don't give the women in the Bible enough credit for what they have done. We focus a lot on what we men did, you know, and there are so many women in the Bible that did incredible things. And so starting today and for the next several weeks, we are going to be talking about the incredible women in the Bible because the Bible holds women in such high esteem. And you need to understand that that was that was written in a day and age when women were pushed down, when women were often seen as a piece of property, when women were nothing more than a second-rate citizen. And so the Bible goes counterculture and says, listen, there's a different way to treat women, right? And, and I think that probably would be... Uh, 
good for a lot of people to learn in this day and age as well. There's a, there's a different way, and, and so we need to look at what the Bible says and, and how God used so many incredible women, even in today's circles, not all, but women are not regarded as they should be. And so God went counterculture, and he elevated women, and, and we see this in this first passage of Scripture uh, in this series. I want to start this Mother's Day with a classic Scripture that I think... Um, you know, maybe it's overused on Mother's Day. I don't know. But as I was going through this this week, there were some things that I feel like God revealed to me while prepping for this message that I hadn't really thought of today. And so it's Proverbs 31. And this serves, this passage of scripture serves as a guide for what a godly woman should should be like. Right. And so, man, if you're sitting there thinking, all right, what a godly woman should be like, I'm off the hook today. No, you're not, because these same traits, these they're very, very important to you as well. But we're going to focus mainly on on what it says about women, because, well, today's Mother's Day. We're starting a new series on women and King Lemuel, who wrote this. Right. He wrote Proverbs 31. Now, some people think that Lemuel was like a code name or a, or a uh, what, what do they do that when they change their name? The author changes their name. What's that? A pen name. That's it. Thank you. I'm glad you sit in the front. Uh, a pen name uh, for Solomon that they think Solomon might have actually been Lemuel. And he it's just a just a pen name. But I, I don't know. We can't really prove that. But this is this is him writing this. And he's looking at his mother. Right? Lemuel or Solomon or whoever it was that really wrote it, looking at his mother and says, All right, ladies, this, this is what it's all about. This is what you need to be focusing on. This is King Lemuel's instructions that his mother gave him on how to be uh, a great godly woman. And it was instructing him on how to be a great king. His mom was basically, you know, the, what's the saying that behind every good man is a, is a, is a good woman, right? And, and this, this was his mother that, in this particular instance that was teaching him how he needed to do the things that he needed to do. And he just sits back and he's looking at his mother as the example of what you should be like. And in this, he identifies 12 different things that I think you can boil down into just four, really, because 12, if I went through all 12 of them, you know, it's, it's already going to be crowded at the restaurants today for Mother's Day, and I don't want you to get out of here late. So we boiled them down into four, and this is what he says beginning uh, with, with Proverbs 31, beginning in verses 10 and 11, he says this, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. So the very first thing that we see here that he's saying is this, a godly woman is precious. King Lemuel says that a virtuous, capable, godly woman is precious. It's even more precious than rubies. Now, you might be thinking, rubies? Really? Are those really all that precious? I mean, I can think of some things today that maybe seem more precious than that. Aren't diamonds more valuable than rubies or something like that? Well, he was using what he knew at the time. And actually, some rubies are even more rare than what diamonds are and can be more valuable. It depends on how they're cut. And all, what's that? The four C's and all that? I don't know. I don't buy a lot of jewelry. But anyway... Um, I am really telling way too much on myself today. So, so um, what is it? Who knows? Ladies, you know them. What, what's the four C's? 
There you go. All right, there you go. There you go. You got it. Color, clarity, cut, carrot, right? Not hard, fast rule on it, but that's basically what it is. But one hard, fast rule that we do find in Scripture here is this. Um, it's a precious thing whenever you're able to find a, a godly mother. You've got a godly woman in your life. It is a precious, precious, valuable thing. And as we look around in our world today, it's even really kind of a rare thing to see someone who is really, really godly. And if you have a godly woman in your life, it is a precious, precious thing. I want you to think for just a moment, what is the most precious, the most valuable thing that you can think of right now? Just, just think about it for a You don't have to say it out loud. I don't know what just came into your mind, but, you, you know, some of you might give the good, you know, family answer, like my children and all that kind of stuff, which is great, and that is true, but, but when we're talking about things, not people, we think of, like, diamonds, right, or, or uh, a new guitar for some of us, right, uh, and uh, maybe some of you are thinking, like, like, a car or something of that nature, like a, I don't know, um, uh, a Tesla or a Lamborghini, I don't know, uh, or maybe a mansion, you think, man, if I could just live in a mansion, have this big man. You need to understand something this morning, ladies, and, and men as well, but particularly you, you ladies probably need to understand this. Nothing on earth comes close to the value that God sees in you. Lemuel does his best to describe how precious a godly woman is. He tries to compare the value of a godly woman to a gemstone, but to God. Those are just rocks, right? And when God looks at you, he's saying, you, you rock, right? You're amazing. You're, you're incredible. You are so far more valuable than anything this earth can, can muster up because I created you. I created you in, in my image. I learned this week that the most precious gem in the whole world, does anybody know what it is? I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's called the Koh-i-Noor. It's part of the British crown jewels. Here's a picture of it. Uh, collectors say that this, this rock is so valuable that appraisers have a hard time really appraising its worth because it's just so, so valuable and it's so rare. Some have taken a crack at it, and they fall in the line of the most consistent estimate is in the neighborhood of, okay, this, this rock right here, in the neighborhood of $400 million. Can you imagine the security around this, right? Can you imagine the great lengths that the royal family would go to to protect this very, very valuable stone? But in comparison to the significance that God has placed in you, this rock pales in comparison. And here's what I think happens sometimes. And you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'll be okay with it. Ladies, men too, but probably ladies more so, we have this tendency to reduce our value. We have a tendency to allow how God sees us based on questioning our moves. Or the mistakes that we've made in the past, right? 
Or we take a look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. And so we place value on what we look like. But in comparison to what God sees, you need to understand that God made all of these precious gems, right? He made all of these incredible precious gems, but he only made one of you. You're an original. There is nobody else on this earth like you. And God sees that as valuable. He only made one of you. You are exclusive. You are unique. You are infinitely valuable to God. God made millions of gems, but he only made one you. And as you look through Proverbs 31, you need to understand that you are precious. Men, would you say amen to that? <laughs> Next time, that was kind of weak. Uh, you know, Notice I had you all say it, and I didn't even, didn't even do it myself. But Ladies, next time you're being hard on yourself, um, would you just take a moment and look at this passage of Scripture and understand just how precious you are? And, and search through the rest of Scripture to see what God has to say about you. When you're insecure about your appearance, God says you are wonderfully made. When you feel like you are worthless, God says you're worth more than precious gems. Lemuel starts out by saying, this is what a godly woman looks like. He starts talking about your value because this is the foundation of what everything else is built on. In other words, if you get this right, if you understand who you are in Jesus, the rest of the junk that the world throws at you doesn't really matter. Look at verses 14 through 17. She's like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household, plan the day's works for her servant girl. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong. She's a hard worker. And we look at that, we're like, what's the ships and workers and all that got to do with being a mom or a godly woman? I think this is what it's saying to us. I think it's saying that a godly woman is a leader, Right? A lot of times we, we, we kind of like, we, we have sold women on this idea that you're, you know, you're either not equal or you can't be this leader or, or whatever, you can't serve in this particular way. King Lemuel is really going out on, on a limb here and he says this because during those days, again, there was such a low value placed on women and he goes really counterculture and says, listen guys, you need to understand women can do these things because... Again, they were basically viewed as, as just a little higher than slaves, but not much. And, and Lemuel is saying, listen, a, a godly woman provides for her family. She provides for, she, she provides for her employees. What's she saying there? She said she can be a business owner. She purchased a field. She plants a vineyard. She can do all of these different things. She's a boss. She's a leader. She has success every step of the way. Back in the day, women were bound to the house. Right? Your job, you, all right, you, you have children and you cook. And that kind of was the way up 50s, 60s, uh, 90s. Maybe there's some that are still known. I don't, I don't really know. But the way it always was, was like, all right, know your place, lady. And, and guys, they'll go out and do the thing that you're supposed to do. And the king is challenging the people, say, listen, not everybody's wired the same way. And I have raised up women to do some things that you men can't do, nor would you even try. Women are precious to God. And, and they need to be seen by us as the same way as, as leaders, of, uh, as, as someone who's valuable. God, 
A godly woman applies her God-given wisdom in everything that she does. Every facet of her life. It's sad, but there's still some areas of life that have biases toward, toward women. But that's not necessarily God's design. You want to start a business? Go for it. You want to have a family and, and raise another generation to live? If that's what God is asking of you to do, go, go for it. You want to be president of the United States? Please go for it. Uh, please, I, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you with the campaign. You know, I'll make signs, T-shirts, buttons, all the. Any limitation? That... <laughs> Sorry, I did not mean that. Actually, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, but anyway, any limitation that is in front of you, you need to understand it's not from God. It's from our culture that we put. God has designed you as one of his daughters to thrive in this life. Not just survive, but to thrive. You're called to lead. You're also called to serve, but so are men. Right? And according to this verse, a godly woman is welcoming. A godly woman welcomes everybody. With open arms. Lemuel specifically mentions those who are poor, those who are in great need. But it goes beyond that. A godly woman has a welcoming spirit about her. She's not abrasive. She cares for herself. She cares for her family. She cares for, for people. Right? She cares for those who are in need. She, she helps uh, make people feel at ease when she's around them. Did you know that the word for hospitality is the same word in the Greek that we get, or in the Latin, rather, that we get the word hospital from. Hospital, I mean, right? Makes sense. Sounds like hospitality. Hospital. And when you look at the meaning of the word, it basically means it is a healing, um, it's a healing word. It's, it's something that heals. And I think hospitality has a way of healing people emotionally, spiritually, mentally, when you open your arms to someone, you're telling them that they matter. When you open your arms to someone, you're telling them they are important. Right? You're telling them that they have worth. When you stand up for someone that cannot stand up for themselves, you're showing the love of Jesus Christ. When you reach out with a kind message, you're spreading hope. According to the great theologian, Dr. Seuss, a person is a person no matter how small. Right? Remember Horton, here's a who? Remember that? One day Horton, the elephant, hears a cry for help coming from a little speck of dust. And even though he can't see anybody on the speck, he decides to help it out because he hears this voice needing help. And as it turns out, the speck of dust is a home to all the who's who live in the city of Whoville. If you haven't read it yet, it's, it's great. And, and I don't want to be a spoiler, but it's great, right? And, and so they, they live in the city of Whoville, and Horton agrees to protect the Who's and their home, but this gives him nothing but torment from all of his neighbors who are saying, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, how could anything survive on a speck like that? And still Horton stands by the motto, after all, a person is a person no matter how small. Isn't that kind of what we're talking about here? Isn't that kind of the gospel that all people 
are created in the image of God. And no matter what society may say about them, we are to treat them with respect and with dignity. And it's up to us, ladies, men, all of us, to be more hospitable, to be welcoming. What we do sometimes, though, is we criticize the way people dress. We make comments on people's actions when we don't know the full backstory. We laugh at someone's appearance before we really get to know their heart. My heart aches for today's teens especially. It's a cruel world out there. And it's, it's heartbreaking to think about what some actually go through. We live in a society now where people are more isolated and more lonely feeling than ever. And I think that godly men and women... We need to step up and we need to seek how we might be able to change that, right? We need to do our best to be welcoming, to be caring, to love people. And I know this is difficult sometimes. Some of you yeah, young people in, in school to, man, to reach out. And those people that everybody else is dogging on, you love on them. Love on them. Let's be agents of change. Let's be agents of, of love, of hospitality. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Welcome everybody with open arms. Because God sees you, sees all of us as, as precious. You're, and women, in this passage of scripture, Lemuel is saying, you're, you, are, you are so precious. You are, you are a leader. You need to be welcoming. And there's one last thing. That he says here that I think he's teaching us by describing his mother in Proverbs 31. It's the foundation of the entire book of Proverbs. It's wisdom. When she speaks, her words are wise. You know, when I read that passage of scripture uh, this morning as I'm going through my notes, when she speaks, her words are wise. And all of a sudden, all of these things that my mom taught me, my mom was a godly woman, and all of these things that she said to me when I was younger, and I thought she was the dumbest person in the world, and then when I grew up, I'm like, it's, it's amazing how stupid I was, and how, how just intelligent my, my mom was, you know, she she. she taught me so many things that still today I, I, I carry with me. When she speaks, her words are wise. She gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. In other words, you know, she's not going to suffer anything because she's just done absolutely nothing and been lazy. That laziness ain't going to be the reason why. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all, he says, about his own mother. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. So a godly woman, if you're taking notes, four things is a godly woman is wise. And that comes from God. We don't get that naturally, I don't believe. Wisdom is something you search for. Wisdom is something that you work at. A godly woman tries to do everything with wisdom. And this wisdom comes from being in the word of God. And so when you're flipping through the pages of scripture and, and, and you're pursuing wisdom from God, you're going to be amazed 
at how God speaks to you and how you're going to be able to more clearly see what His will is for your life. Did you know that the Bible assigns gender to the word wisdom? Did you know that? In some languages, I think they're called like romantic languages or something. I don't know a whole lot about it. I took Spanish. I remember some of that uh, stuff. But, but uh, uh, Spanish and, and French and, and Hebrew, they all are, are um, languages that assign gender to certain words, right? And so these Hebrew words, their roots have gender. They're either masculine or feminine words or sometimes they're neutral words. Anybody want to take a guess at what gender is assigned to the word wisdom? Anybody? anybody? Feminine. Right? And you ladies are going, I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> and you men are like, what? What? <laughs> what did you say? Right? King Solomon, right, who wrote most of the Proverbs and maybe even wrote this one. We don't know for sure. He personifies wisdom as a she throughout all of his writings, right? And I don't think this is an accident. In Solomon's eyes, that's what he sees because he saw it in his, in his mother. And to live a, a godly life is, is to be a, a woman of wisdom. So grow in that, ladies. Grow in wisdom. And, and wisdom is, is more than just learning a bunch of stuff. It's more than knowledge. It's, it's reading God's word, applying it to your life so that you'll be able to be wise in so many more circumstances than you already are. Listen well. Show empathy. Live a life of love. Grow closer to God every day. Read scripture every day. A godly woman is a wise woman, and, and the Bible says she'll be honored in her home more than she already is. She'll be respected by others. She's already cherished by God, but God will be even more pleased when you live out a life of wisdom. I think Lemuel purposely ends this chapter the way that he does, and I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come on up here as, as we're wrapping up. Um, I think he purposely ends this chapter like he does because he understands that our culture has a way of distorting what is really important, right? Culture has a way of distorting the truth, of making our priorities change, right? And I think what happens sometimes, at least what I've witnessed, is sometimes some, some of women and men too get caught up in, in, in some of this, what society is trying to tell us we need to be doing. And so he ends with this soft warning at the end of 31. He says, charm is deceptive, beauty doesn't last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. I think what he's saying is this, don't get caught up in what the world says is beautiful. And again, I think, ladies, this is a bigger struggle for you all because of how society has treated you down through the years. Society has said to women, your worth, your value, what people think of you is based on what you look like. 
King Lemuel is saying, listen, all this stuff isn't going to last. Right? It's not, it's not going to last. There's going to come a point in time when you cannot charm your way into something or you can't charm your way out of something. There's going to come a point in time when you don't look like you did when you were 21. And he's saying, this stuff is deceptive, very temporary. But what lasts is godly wisdom. Being a child of God, understanding who you are in Christ Jesus, that's the most important. And maybe there's some of you here today, you've been struggling with with some of these things that society has placed on you. Would you just rest in the promises of God this morning and understand how he views you? That you are his precious creation. Even if the people around you make you feel like you're not, understand what God says about you. Maybe you're here today and you You don't understand that because you don't have that relationship with him. Maybe that's something you want to do today. You want to become a a Christian today. You want to place your faith in him. And and we we teach that you do that. You you, uh, commit your life to Christ. You, You confess him as the son of God. You repent of the sin that's in your life. If you've not been baptized into him, you need to be baptized. And then honor him with your life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. And we're going to sing this song and if you have a decision this morning that you need to make we encourage you to come or maybe maybe you're just here today and you want somebody to pray with you um, we'd, we'd love for you to come this morning to be prayed with um, maybe it's you just want to spend some time talking to God right where you're at right now we certainly encourage you uh, to do that as well let's pray together